Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we have big brands and bigger deals. Buy three and get the fourth tyre free on selected Bridgestone, Yokohama and Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on big brands like BF Goodrich, Dunlop, Michelin, Continental, Pirelli and more. Alloy wheels from only $125 and tyres from just $69, all with our best tyre price guarantee. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Test and apply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. On this podcast, we're powered by Race Fuels. My name is Grant Rowley. We are getting really, really, really ready to go real car racing real soon. We just had a cool car race down at Simmons Plains with the first round of the Speed Series, the Shannon Speed Series. Saw a, a bunch of mixed results and some... Uh, some some good racing, big crash as well. James Simpson, Ben Grice, whew, big one, rolling over. Uh, there was uh, plenty of coverage for that in Parked Up Plus that came out on Monday. You can go back and have a listen to that. In this podcast, we've got some cool news uh, and and it's a bit of breaking news as well with Mason Kelly, the young son of Todd, competing in the Dunlop Super Three Series. And uh, there's a couple of nice little angles to it all as well with Mason running the very last car that Todd drove at Newcastle, coincidentally, back in 2018 when Todd retired from the sport full-time. And as it turned out, retired from supercars altogether. He hasn't been back uh, behind the wheel in a competitive sense, sense ever since. So Mason's jumping into his old man's old car five years down the track. And he's uh, going to make his supercars debut in the Super 3 Series, which, of course, will run uh, uh, with the Super 2 Series. Uh, that is, of course, going to be all part of the thrifty Newcastle 500, part of the Repco Supercars Championship. And the Gen 3 models of cars are going to grace the track for the very first time. So much news going on in uh, in that world and we're... Uh, well, we're basically exactly a week out from all the teams being in Newcastle, getting ready to go. What's going to happen? Who knows? Very, very exciting. So I thought for uh, this episode, I'd uh, keep a, a bit of a Newcastle theme. I caught up with Todd Kelly for a chat about Mason. Uh, you know, Todd's an extremely proud family man, and I wanted to get his thoughts on seeing his son come through uh, the the ranks and um, uh, ultimately end up uh, in supercars. Of course, I used to work for the Kellys during the Nissan Motorsport era. So I've spent a bit of time with Todd. He used to uh, boss me around and tell me what to do. Uh, he's uh, He was al- always great to me and uh, gave me um, a bit of his time uh, just recently for uh, for this chat coming up. And I've also got a chat with a local Newcastle resident who's been around the, uh, who's been hanging around uh, the Newcastle area for the last few days and been watching the uh, circuit uh, get built. So I thought I'd uh, just touch base with uh, with the Newcastle locals. I'm sort of smiling as I say this because uh, that Newcastle local is my younger brother. So he was kind enough to uh, jump on the phone 
And uh, just give everyone here a little bit of an update about where the Newcastle track is and what the vibe's like uh, around the great city of Newcastle. So uh, looking forward to bringing you that later on, my brother's debut on the Parked Up podcast. I've had my mum and dad before. Now I've got my brother. I've got, I've, I'll figure out a way to get my sister on this thing one day too. Anyway, uh, let's kick off with TK. A great man, a great racer, a true racer, and now his son Mason is going to make his Supercars debut in Super 3. Here he is, Todd Kelly on Parked Up. Hey, it's great to have Todd Kelly back on the Parked Up podcast. TK, you've been busy. How are you? Yeah, I have been busy. It's been a little time away from the microphone. Um, <laughs> so this is a bit foreign almost after a few years. Well, I've been away from the microphone. You've been away from pit lane, but you're coming back. And you're coming back with Mason Kelly. Um, just personally, when I was working for you guys at Nissan Motorsport, Mason was like seven or eight and nowhere near being a driver of a uh, V8 supercar and uh, next weekend at Newcastle, he's going to saddle up for his uh, his maiden run in the Dunlop Super 3 series, a uh, racing a, a Nissan Altima, the uh, the old Altima that you raced. Uh, you actually did your last supercars race at Newcastle in that car. So many really cool little stories to go with it. You're going to run it. There's going to be uh, heaps going on behind the scenes. But firstly, like as a dad, you must be super proud that you've got uh, that Mace has got to this point. Yeah, it's it's a little bit surreal. Christy and I just can't believe where the last 18 years have gone. He, he's only just turned 18, and uh, it was only like yesterday. He was just a little tacker. And <laughs> and what sort of made it harder is um, in his later teenage years. I was stuck away with um, the race team on during the COVID lockdown trip, so he he shot up about a foot while <laughs> while I was away because I, I didn't see him for so long. So um, yeah, it's just gone really fast. He's only done a little bit of go kart racing. Um, again, that's due to the fact that we were fairly busy with the race team back then, so we didn't really have much time to take in go karting. Uh, and then the same with his little Hyundai XL racing. And uh, it's only recently that we've been able to get a few sports sedan races in uh, in a mark car. And that's where we saw him, you know, really come on. He handled the car well, went to some fairly decent tracks, you know, tail and bend and um, sand down. He did a few laps at Phillip Isle and Winton and Bathurst. And I thought would give him a, a few laps in my supercar and, and blow the cobwebs off it which we did, and um, he continued to, to surprise us. So we thought we've got all the gear here and everyone's quite keen to support Mason to give him a crack at it. And um, it's been quite a rush to try and gather up all of the pit equipment out of um, storage and uh, all the spares for the Nissans and start making new new parts again to to stock up with spares. And it's, yeah, it's been a hell of a rush, but we're almost ready to... Um, roll the car into the truck so yeah it's pretty cool yeah very uh, no very cool very cool um and his uh, and his rise as you say did did come pretty quick um and i think one of the cool things is that uh you know we, we've seen you guys hanging out at um at state race meetings with the hyundai excel and you guys just uh, did it as a did it as a family and uh it was um yeah, really cute to see that uh, you know racing these these little cars and and both of you guys really hands on with it. Did 
but it, it, I guess it does seem that it's come come pretty quick. So, um, and you do sound surprised that he has uh, matured very quickly as a uh, driver of some high powered racing machinery to be able to get to this point. Yeah, and you know it's it's been a lot different for me. We, we've been in professional motorsport for you know since I was eighteen or seventeen, <clears throat> and being in supercars and. I haven't really experienced anything other than supercars since I was a 17-year-old. You know, we've been at the professional end of motorsport for a long time and it's been quite refreshing and enjoyable to go to a, a state round and, and a racetrack where we haven't got, you know, 15 staff to, to worry about and all the sponsors standing out the back. And, um, you know, it's just a whole different, whole different scene. It's just been Mason and I and, Every now and then we might take a helper along with us, but we, we've done, you know, a lot of the work on the cars ourselves up until this point. Um, and it'll be the same with uh, Newcastle and, and this year in Super 2. We've got a couple of really good ex-Kelly racing staff that are coming in and helping out from time to time. But we're only going to have myself and, you know, maybe one or two others at the track just in this first year and and just try and keep it low key and, and actually in, enjoy it as, as just going racing, you know, without all of the, hopefully without all the pressures that, that I'm used to at the track and in pit lane. So I'm actually really looking forward to that and looking forward to spending some time um, with Mason and, and the whole family will be coming to most races with Christy and my wife and my daughter, Alex. So yeah, it's not something that I would have experienced at a racetrack and environment like, like that before. No, really, truly a a family affair. And bringing the uh, Kelly Racing moniker back as well, um, the uh, I think one of the interesting things you'd said there is that you know you uh, you had a lot of those uh, Nissan Altima components still there, but but not everything. How much did you have to sort of you know get back or 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 manufacture to to make this actually happen? Yeah, well, it's funny because I didn't really see myself being in this position so over the years i've tried quite hard to sell everything to matt white racing who bought <laughs> all, all of the, the other missions that we had so um uh, yeah I, I found myself ringing him up asking to buy a few bits and pieces back because <laughs> uh, things for these cars you know headlights and tail lights and parts like that for the ultima are getting a little bit harder to find now uh, so he he helped out and brought a few ute loads of bits and pieces back, and we've still got all the molds for all of the bodywork. So we've been you know making front bars and front guards and bits and pieces like that to to replenish the uh, the truck stock. And based off the the tracks that we're racing at and uh, how big and how new the field looks like it's going to be, um, we're kind of geared up to use a few parts even if with our best intentions i'm sure it's going to be a, a a challenging year just to try and get through each each round cleanly but it's you know that's all part of being in that category and and all of these young kids learning so uh we're, we're prepared for some hard work yeah cool the um the super three field the super two field look pretty competitive what a venue though to go to the first race around a track that most of those guys probably haven't really been to because we haven't been there for uh three years even if they're a two or three year uh super two driver they they just wouldn't have been to 
the uh, the Newcastle Street race because it just hasn't been on the calendar. So, yeah, you uh, you might want to go hunting for a few more of those uh, those headlights. I hope you don't have to go hunting for more of those headlights. What what's the expectation that uh, that you're you're putting Mason under? What um, what's the the goals that you guys are setting? Well, it's it's hard to say, you know, to stay out of trouble because a place like that, it, it is actually a bit crazy to to send um, Super 3 there and Super 2 as their first round because, as you said, most of the field have never seen the track. And a lot of the drivers, especially like Mason in our case, he's only actually seen this car like two or three times. <laughs> so he's still getting his head around the car as well. So there's a lot of a lot of things to deal with for all of these young drivers. Um, and that place, if someone has a an issue um, up ahead, you can easily get four, five, six, seven cars tangled up in it, you know, through no fault of their own. So, you know, we just need to kind of stay out of trouble. But um, at the same time, that, that can sometimes be quite impossible. So the main thing is is to not get too wound up about it, what, whatever happens, as long as we do our best to, to do that. Um, we, we need to make sure we go there and, and have a good time as well. Yeah, very good. Um, cool. So, uh, actually, I was watching the uh, the the new Netflix uh, Drive to Survive um, seasons that are, that have just come out, season five. TK, you don't strike me as a Drive to Survive fan, but um, there was an episode about uh, Mick Schumacher and the the help or the curse uh, was along the lines of you know being associated with uh, someone who. Um, has such a, uh, a history in the sport, of course, with, uh, with Michael Schumacher and his son, Mick. And, um, you know, Mason comes from amazing racing heritage with, uh, with, with yourself and, and Rick having won uh, Bathursts and championships and, and many, many supercars races, a help or, or hindrance having, uh, having a surname Kelly and, and going out there, particularly at this uh, really, you know, formative years of his uh, racing development. How do you guys look at that? Well, it's definitely been a, a huge help for us. Um, if we didn't have all the gear sitting here, we, we wouldn't be able to afford to go racing with Mason in Super 3. So that's one thing. But being around for most of our careers, um, or, adult, you know, adult part of our lives in the sport, we've managed to get some really good relationships with um you know, everyone in the industry, whether it be staff to help on the car or or our partners from uh, all the years in supercars, you know, every, everyone's kind of jumped straight on board with this. We've got a lot of good relationships with sponsors that are on Mason's car. Um, so that's, you know, it's been really fantastic for us. And it's good to see after so long when you come back, whether it be trying to get a mechanic or, or talking to sponsors, how much um, people are keen to, you know, to reignite that relationship with us. So we, Rick and I have tried incredibly hard over our time in the sport and in our business to not burn any bridges with anyone. And, you know, you can see through the years of our partners, we've had, you know, Jack Daniels and uh, Castrol and a lot of a lot of our partners' ACL bearings for over 10 years. And that's quite strange in any kind of sport, in any motorsport, to have such long-standing relationship so now that mason's come along you know that that's sort of still all bubbling away in the background so it's been extremely helpful uh you know the careers that we've had to be able to continue that on with mace yeah cool um we're, and we're uh, looking forward to see 
uh, how he goes on the streets of Newcastle and for the entire 2023 Dunlop Super 3 series. So, and it, look, it's been a while since you've been at a, uh, a supercars race, uh, you know, getting your hands uh, really, really dirty. A couple of years now have passed since um, the team officially uh, completely left your hands after Grove Racing uh, took took it all over. How's life been for TK? Yeah, it's it's been a lot busier than what I was hoping. <laughs> I was hoping you'd actually catch up on a lot of the things that we haven't been able to do, especially while the kids are, are, are young enough to want to do it, like camping and things like that. But uh, we've got a, a, a big steel line business up in Mildura, which I'm looking after. So we do corrugated iron and, you know, um, down pipes and gutters and all that sort of thing. So we've got 40 odd staff up there, which has taken a lot of time. And then uh, to keep dabbling in the racing side, I did a project for Ford last year, building a, a Ranger Raptor for the Baja 1000. So that that uh, filled up quite a few months of, of late nights <laughs> uh, on top of everything. And then, uh, yeah, we've started to ramp up the, the supercar stuff again and, and also making a lot of, Gen 3 stuffs because we still have all of the production part of Kelly Racing in operation. So our machine shop's been busy. We've probably made maybe about a third of the fields, um, you know, uprights and spindles and and chassis uh, welding components for the Gen 3 cars. So there's there's plenty going on. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll cram a few race meetings back into the schedule on top of all that. But uh, but it's still it's still quite enjoyable, especially the Ford. The forward thing that was a really fun project to be involved in yeah cool and but no, no chance of you you built this thing but you didn't get out there and race it no well i was a bit busy to go to mexico for a month <laughs> <laughs> um and 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 as i saw some of the footage i don't think it would have been a, a great deal of fun with the terrain that they had to deal with uh, it was all quite slow and and technical uh, I'd love to jump in in it, but if we even if we built any more and do a few off-road rounds with it, because it really suits that type of terrain. You know, we did a lot of testing up in Mildura with it up at our farm, and I did a fair bit of driving uh, through the testing and and really loved it. So that might be something we can have a play with in the future if um if they decide to expand it. Yeah, and that would, uh, I guess, align nicely with what Chevrolet are doing with the Silverado as well. They seem to be getting into that space quite a quite a bit as well. So uh, the old Ford and GM battle would be kind of cool to see transfer from uh, across all forms of uh, all forms of motorsport. Um, mate, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Gen Three, and you've played your part in it. You've seen your um, the, through your race team. Uh, now, 10 years ago, you watched a, a new generation of cars come in, which were Car of the Future. Not only at that time were you um, building new cars to new regulations, you were also uh, pioneering the Nissan Altimas, as it uh, was probably coincidentally, uh, as we talk about this and and what Mason's doing. Uh, I guess you've seen, maybe not at the forefront like you were back in 2012, 2013, when you were developing the uh, original Altima, uh, but we can, we've, I guess, we've all seen that uh, it's the the Gen Three project has 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 really had its challenges. Yeah, it's it's a strange position to be in. I'm close enough to it, given we're making so many parts, to have a good idea of what's going on on a on a daily basis with the issues and modifications and and trying to make the cars reliable. Um, 
you know, but I'm, I'm sort of on the other side of all that now, not having any direct involvement with the team. So um, I, I'm quite happy that it's ended up like that because <laughs> it looks like it's tough. You know, like what all the uh, the team staff have been through to try and finish the cars is is crazy. I mean, we, you know, I, fe I feel as though we went to Nissan in, in less time, which was a, a much bigger job. And uh, and did it, you know, a lot easier towards the end. Uh, guys are still doing crazy hours to try and get the cars finished, and you know they're testing uh, right up until Newcastle to to get sorted. And it's a shame that after years of planning this car, it's it's all kind of been pushed so late. Not to mention the the ongoing parity issues and bits and pieces that that you hear around the trap. So um, I'm glad I'm not involved in that. <laughs> we, we were very lucky with the Nissan thing though that we did our own body design and we made all of our own tooling and molds for the body work. And we completely designed our own engine um, from a road car into a race engine. And we had complete control over everything. So if there was something that didn't fit or, or, you know, broke at a test or we wanted to improve, we just go straight back and, and draw it and make it, you know, machine it or weld it and put it in the car and, and we could really progress you know the car extremely fast to try and sort any of the issues out but with with the gen 3 cars you've got the entire category and and all the teams involved if one little bracket fails you know you can't just go off and fix it and turn up at the next race you know you've got to get it you know discussed and tabled and approved in all the meetings and everybody will agree on what the change is and when you've got 10 or 20 of those things going on at any one time um it seems like it'd be a pretty big nightmare to be involved in. So I think we're quite lucky that the category was different when we went through changes like this to what it is now. Uh, and it would be quite, quite frustrating to be in. So I'm glad I'm not, I'm not part of that. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll all turn out. It'll all turn out um, fine. Yeah, there's so many smart people involved. It's just um, all come along a little bit late. Yeah, for sure. There, uh, I guess, um, as you say, the great thing is we're going to see 25 cars roll up for um, for Friday first practice, and uh, the show will the show will look great. Um, I don't know from your point of view what 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 can so many people predicting what might happen for uh, for Newcastle. You know, not only do we have all these new cars, we've got a circuit that is very very unforgiving. Um, yeah, like a. Uh, a prediction from yourself, not, not about, you know, how many cars might not make the start line, but, you know, do you think we're going to be in for a few rounds of, you know, some, some really, whether it's weird results or, or, or strange things happening, do you think uh, it'll take a couple of events to, to, for the, for the category to really find its feet, deal with some of these parity issues? Yeah, well, I think the cars will definitely look good. I mean, they they look awesome, um, up you know, in person and and on the track. Um, but this is the sport and the, the equipment's never been sort of turned on its head as much as what it has now, with every single part being new in the cars. And to think that it'll all be smooth sailing and you know all the cars will get through Newcastle without any issues, I think um, anyone would be dreaming to expect that. I mean that it's a really punishing track and the races are long and, and I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of issues with that'll get flushed out that haven't been to date with all the cars running at once and, you know, drivers driving them with a little bit more aggression to, 
to try and capitalise on the fact that it's a, a race meeting. It's going to be probably the most in, interesting race um, to watch in, in supercars for a very long time. So I'll certainly, if we get through our races in one piece, I'll be trying to, uh, to have a good look at what's going on in, in supercars. But, you know, and, and the parity and things will, will take a while to probably settle down. Being competitors, everyone always complains about the other the other marks and the other brands even if there's nothing to complain about they still do <laughs> so that'll, that'll probably never go away but if the cars aren't right they've got the tools to to prioritize them um you know as they go and as they get more information if there is an issue I'm not saying that there will be but with mm. the engine engine technology now and um you know all the other things that we've learned over the years with weight and center of gravity Things like that are all, are all pretty easy to fix once you've got the information. So it'll definitely be a good thing, but it might be a, a rocky start to try and get on top of those things. Yeah, well, uh, as you say, interesting. I think is the uh, is the best word, particularly as we talk now a week out from uh, from that first round. I think it's uh, it's going to be really cool, uh, mate. Thank you so much for coming on uh, on Parked Up again. Just one final question: How closely do you think Lex Kelly is going to be looking at what <laughs> Mason's doing uh, next weekend in Newcastle? Yeah, well, it'll be a blink of an eye. He'll, he'll probably be in, in Rick's Nissan. So <laughs> I must remember after we're finished with the Nissan gear not to go and sell it all again because uh, it may come out of the cobwebs. But, yeah, he's he's right into his go-karts. And uh, Rick's Rick's a proper go-kart dad now. <laughs> he's, he's all geared up with his trailer and um, he's really enjoying it. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing, doing really well for the experience that he's got. He's only fairly fresh into it, but he's uh he's seems like a very talented young fellow with his motorbikes and his his machinery so he'll, he'll be an interesting one to watch as well yeah cool uh great to see the uh kelly name coming back uh into the sport of supercars tk mate looking forward to seeing you up in newcastle thank you can't wait Thanks, TK, for your time on the Parked Up podcast. Of course, we thank Race Fuels for their great support here uh, and should also just give a very quick plug to a couple of the other podcasts that Network are pieced together, uh, Girls on the Grid. They are uh, they're approaching episode number 50. They've been uh, at this for, I think, just over a year now, and they've got uh, plenty of new content always going up. Uh, in their most recent episode, actually, they spoke to Tabitha and Adelaide Ambrose, who were both down working and racing in different capacities down at Simmons Plains over the weekend, and Tanea caught up with them. So uh, check out Girls on the Grid, and there's a, also a brand new episode of the Napa Auto Parts Grassroots Racing Podcast. Gary and Daz are uh, talking to all of the grassroots races and um, a couple of really great tales to be told. So uh, check out the Grassroots Racing Podcast. Anyway, you're listening to Parked Up. You're listening to Grant Rowley, and I'm about to catch up with Adam Rowley, my younger brother. He's taller than me. He's probably better looking than me. I used to be stronger than him. He's, he's stronger than me now, but that's okay. I've got a podcast. He doesn't. But I'm bringing him on for this one. Uh, he lives in Newcastle. Uh, he works in Newcastle. He's seeing the, uh, the the town that he lives in. It's being turned on its head with uh, construction work going on, building the very cool, very picturesque Newcastle street track. Uh, and he's going to give us a, a little inside line on what the vibe's like up in Newey. 
Hey, I've had some very special guests on the Parked Up podcast, but no more special than the man that I've got now. It is my younger brother, Adam Rowley. He is a Newcastle resident, or at least he lives near Newcastle. And I got him to go out and do a little special photo journalist project for me uh, today. And he went around and uh, snapped some photos of the street track as it's coming together. Younger Adam Rowley. How are you going? And thanks yeah, for good. thanks for doing that for me. Thanks. I'll uh, I'll be expecting my my check in the mail for those <laughs> photos. Hey, your payment is going to come with my with me coming to spend the next week with you, which is going to be awesome. Thank you uh, so much for having me. What what's for dinner? Uh, I'm not sure. I thought you were going to bring some takeaways from the track every night. <laughs> Uh, that might be a that might be a thing. Cool. Hey, so you went uh, for a walk around the uh, track. You uh, you actually work in Newcastle. You've only just moved up to Newcastle. What's the vibe like in and around town? Yeah, it was good. We uh, it was a perfect day to be uh, going for a, a wander around the track, and I I pretty much went around uh, the whole way. Uh, the vibe was good. There was plenty of people out taking photos of different corners and trying to get shots of the track with the beach in the background and um yeah all of the uh i guess promotional uh, posters that are up um it is a, a bit of a pain though walking around the uh that main part of the city due to uh barricades and tires and construction that's all going on but there was a fair few uh workers out with the stop go signs and they're directing traffic uh, pretty well. Gets a bit hairy around Nobby's Beach where everyone still wants to go for a surf and there's, I guess, not much parking going on and detours everywhere that you need to go. But, yeah, the vibe was really good. Cool. Uh, it is actually difficult to get around that part of town even without chucking up a temporary racetrack in the uh, in the middle of it, just the way that the land is shaped. It's uh, it's a beautiful part of the world, and you see that in the pictures on the broadcast and and through the photos that you see when the when the race cars uh, are there. So uh, I can only imagine traffic is a bit of a problem in that area of town at the moment. Yeah, and I guess uh, the exciting part is you can you can drive on most of the track still the uh the roads are open in in parts and uh as you're going from uh newcastle down beach down to uh nobby's beach you're you're in on the track and kind of can get a feel of uh what the uh drivers are going to do but definitely uh where the main strip is uh and the pits are going to be that's completely closed off and lots of detours to go around Cool. Okay. Well, that look there. The uh, as as great as it does look uh, in the broadcast and the pictures that get beamed around the world, certainly a uh, a great advertisement for Newcastle. But it has had its challenges. I know you're only new to Newcastle, and this event has mm. been running since 2017, uh, and it certainly faced a lot of criticism from. The locals, I'm sure. In the, uh, I know you love to have a chat, and you, you you'll talk to anyone about anything. Yeah. Um. Have uh. What is what do some of the locals sort of think about the Newcastle Street Race? Yeah, I, I actually went and got a haircut today, and uh, his hairdresser's right in the middle of the 
the circuit, if you would, and to yep. cross was, some barricades to get was, to get in there. Was it the same hairdresser that you and I went to in January when I came yeah. up for a fleeting weekend visit? It was. It, yeah, same hairdresser. He did remember me when he walked in and uh, I mentioned you'll be here next week and that's when we started talking a little bit about motorsport and uh, I said, oh, business should be pretty good when, when it's here and he's actually taking off uh, next week uh, before the race uh, where he's located uh, because of all the road closures, the cars and will need to move somewhere and outside his shop just becomes a bit of a car park. So he's uh, actually closing up shop and he said a couple of people on that in that mall as well. If they're not in the hospitality uh, food industry, which gets a, a bit of a buzz during the uh, V8s, the, uh, it's uh, easier to close up shop then uh, stay open. Yeah. And that's a little bit of a shame. And I guess each different industry will have its own, uh, it's it make its own decision in that regard. It's um, and, and it's a shame for those guys that, uh, that certainly for the hairdresser is as much as many of the supercars fans probably do need haircuts. I could imagine it's probably not the, something that you're going to, uh, you know, go and get your hair cut while you're while you are at the uh at yeah. the racetracks you uh if you're not watching race cars you need to be eating and drinking and enjoying your time there uh in the city um cool anyway so we're uh, we're looking forward to it the photos that you took um that i'll use on the uh the garage repco's garage you can go there and see some of um my baby brother adam's well, f- fine photo work and it actually credit credit adam rowley that's right that might be your underpayment for this um (laughs) but uh yeah the uh the the track does look like it's almost complete um but i don't yeah how how much work do you think they still got to go we're only a week away from cars actually race cars being on that circuit yeah i've been down i'm probably down nobby's beach you know two or three times a week and uh this has been happening for weeks and weeks now. And uh, I, I remember working uh, when we were down there, someone at work was just like, oh, what do they need to start so early for? But now that we're a week away and seeing grandstands up and walls being put up and tire walls and barricades and there's forklifts everywhere. So catering trucks uh, in and around um, some of the areas today. So uh, it does look like it, it's going to be ready. The, the, skeletons there it's all it looks like the whole track is is there to go there's just the i guess some fine touches to do but it did look like that the uh the men and women out there working today setting up these things were uh, working uh, pretty hard cool okay so yep we're one week away now i know you're you and i are massive sports fans we'll talk about any sort yeah. of sport any sort of the, any any day of the week you've been to plenty of uh, supercars races before actually one one springs to mind i think i got you some tickets to come out to uh queensland raceway once upon a oh. time with our with our cousin with our cousin there garrett was, there was some sunburn action that day so uh, 
Yeah, uh, you guys got sunburnt, and I think you tried to drown the sunburn away with a lot of forex um, uh, yeah. tins. And so, uh, the- I think you, I think you provided us with some tins to put flyers on some people's cars. It was very early in your uh, working career, and uh, yeah, we we decided to make it a bit more fun and had a few drinks, and yeah, it was uh, it was hot. I did like that track, though. You can see the whole track from wherever. It was great. Good day. <laughs> Very good. You were uh, one of few people to say that I like Queensland Raceway, but it does. It certainly does have its charms, and that is definitely one of its uh, big pluses that you can see the circuit from anywhere. Newcastle, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Wherever you stand, you can only see, you know, probably like yeah. 150 metres of the race cars in some, in some cases, even less, but the, the roar that you're going to hear through your uh, new hometown uh, is going to be something that uh, will, will be quite cool. Um, can I convince you to come to the uh, racetrack over the weekend? Will I have to supply free tickets? Maybe this is what the uh, payment for the photos are. Maybe, maybe I did. Uh, I did see uh, catching the Stockton ferry. They've put up a, a big sign saying that ferries will run uh for certain periods every 15 minutes and during peak periods be every five minutes so getting from the uh north side to the south side uh, sounds like it's going to be a bit easier excellent well that's uh i think i'm definitely going to be on that ferry program so does that mean they run two ferries because i know when we went there before it was just one ferry and the thing was just going back and forward must be the two of the ferries because I don't think they can get back and forth every five minutes. No. Um, put put on uh, the upgraded turbo option on the <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Maybe get one of the drivers into the uh, into the ferry to have speed. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's it's funny you say that because i was just uh just talking to someone about doing a uh publicity stunt about getting one of the drivers to uh to cruise the ferry up and down and, uh, and do ferry. um okay cool well adam really cool to grab you and get us to get a uh, insight into how the venue's going um yeah. not only are you a pretty good brother but you're also a pretty handy uh tourist guide as well so uh yeah. Uh, multi-skilled in that department. <laughs> Thank you for coming on Parked Up the nice. for the first time. Um, yeah. And I know you've listened. You, you listen every episode, right? Oh, every single one. I'm locked in. <laughs> why, <laughs> why can I sense that your fingers, fingers and toes are crossed when you're saying that? Um, Sometimes uh, you just got to press press play and then turn it down get those get those numbers up right (laughs) i've never asked you to do that (laughs) uh okay cool so all right um hey they've got a new before i let you go they've got a new generation of cars coming we've got uh, Mm. mustangs that look like mustangs and we've got uh, chevrolet camaros now Mm. we've had uh our father on the pod before a staunch, one-eyed, bleeding blue Ford man. Um, did that? Uh, did that rub off on yourself? Are you? Uh, are you? Are you actually yeah. own two Fords? No, I was going to say. You know, I, both of our first cars were Volkswagens. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I've got two Fords in the in the driveway. So hoping for a Ford victory on the uh, yeah. the streets of Newcastle. Yeah, it's yeah, it's got to be Ford. Can't have anything, but I guess there we go. They are the views of my brother and not me. Thank you. I'm very, very impartial. Adam Rowley, 
thank you for joining me on Parked Up, mate. Can't wait to see you in a week from now. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Big Rolly. See uh, Adam Rowley, my uh, younger brother, uh, my absolute bestie, and uh, can't wait to see him uh, in the next couple of days up in Newcastle. So anyway, there we go. Newcastle's ahead. The uh, supercar season, one of the most anticipated supercar seasons of all time is coming up. Oh, what's going to happen? Who knows? But uh, we uh, we sort of can't wait to to see what happens and who might win this thing? Who might uh, lose this thing? Are we going to see some new contenders, random contenders emerge? Uh, it, uh, it's it's one of the, uh, the big unknowns. And uh, just like Todd had said earlier in his chat, it, uh, it will be very, very interesting. Okay. I'm Grant Rowley. Thanks for listening to Parked Up. You'll hear from Mark Fogarty on this platform on Monday with all the news in the lead up to the Newcastle 500. Have a good week. You've just listened to another Network Car production. 